Hello, hello, hello. This is the Private Talk Podcast with Alexis Texas, season two, and we are back with another episode. And today, Private Talk, we have the pleasure of having MC8 with us on the couch. Jill, what's cracking? What's good? Thank you for coming on Private Talk. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Always a pleasure, you know what I'm saying? Come out and talk to a pretty lady like yourself, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, the game's starting already. I like it. Spit it to me more, please. Yeah, all day. I Come need on. it. I need SAB. it. I need it. You know, you got to like those uh, afternoon lift ups, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. We all need them. So why not? Yes, I love that. So tell Private Talk who you are, sir, and what are you, your new stuff. You have your podcast coming out, or you actually already started it, mm-hmm. Gangster Chronicles. Uh, what do you have that's currently going on right now? Tell Private Talk about it. Uh, people know me, uh, MC Ed, have been in the music business for a while, long time, um, a couple of albums, you know, familiar albums I've done, uh, movie, movie soundtracks, had a couple of roles, had a movie role in Minister Society, played a character named AWACS, uh, come from a group, Compton's Most Wanted, um, been doing a lot of things, you know, Grammy nominations, had a big song with Kendrick Lamar a couple of years back. Uh, just released an album called Lessons, uh, done some work with DJ Premier, and uh, just started this new podcast. Well, I just joined as a co-host to a podcast that's been going around for a while. It's called the Gangster Chronicles Podcast. Um, getting a lot of good reviews. I just joined as a host, so, you know, a lot of new things coming, you know, podcasts is the new thing. So uh, just trying to get myself, get my feet wet into it. It's been kind of fun, you know what I'm saying? That's awesome. It's one of those things where it's like you, you know, you're such a businessman. You have all these different things that have been going on for the years and stuff like that. But it's like sometimes you don't get to just sit down and talk to people. Definitely. Like people don't get to know you except for like if you're like close circle of friends or whatever. So for me, it's been great to have private talk because it's given my voice with no censorship. I get to meet new people it gets to like you know you get down to the nitty-gritty and mm-hmm. you just have fun it's like you know we, we can smoke drink have fun do what you want to do what you want to do so that's the, the glory about podcasting so tell us a little about gangster chronicles how did you get asked to be a co-host how what are you um uh shout out to my boy um uh, big steel my boy james uh mcdonald uh, they were uh originators of the show um i went on to do a interview you know, uh, interview came out pretty good. Acceptance was pretty good with the audience. Um, they were in the process of a deal with Charlemagne the God for Black Effect Network and iHeart. So um, it was mentioned that they probably needed another co-host on the show, somebody who was familiar with the history of hip hop, you know, also associated to the streets and somewhat. So uh, they tossed out a few names. Uh, my name came up because of the interview I had done. Um, me and uh, one of the producers from the show, was pretty good friends. So uh, he basically asked me would I join the show. Me, I'm, you know, I didn't have a hand at podcasting, so I really didn't know about it. But I've done interviews throughout my career, so I always like connecting with the fans and giving people an in depth of what we do outside of uh, what they see on videos. What humanizes you. Exactly. So uh, I joined the show. It's been a great run so far. We're about to uh, do our 100th episode. Uh, it's It's been pretty good. I always feel that you should connect with the fans, so to speak. You know, they make you in a sense. They spend their hard-earned money, you know, to 
watch you or listen to your records or buy your shit or whatever. So that's one of my pet peeves about the music industry. People that don't want to connect with their fans, but I'm one of those artists who's down to earth. You know, I'm, I'm sort of simple. So I like connecting with people, hearing what they got to say about us as artists and what they feel as human beings, like you said, just normal motherfuckers on the daily. I like that. I relate a lot to that because for me, it was like, I'm one of those people, you know, obviously different industries, but you know, same where we have fans and we go, so I would have conventions and whatnot. And I'm always the one, like, I'm not going to talk to you for an hour, but I'm going to conversate with each and every one of you. If you're going to stand in a line, if you're going to buy my stuff, if you're going to be, you know, supporting what I'm doing, then why not give you the time of day? Exactly. And so, you know what I mean? So, and I also think that it, you know, it also, you know, the people that go along and are just like, they kind of forget that that's their fans kind of made who they are. It's like, that's why you're having, you know, the accomplishments that you do is because they're the ones that are doing it. So I feel like with the podcasting thing, it's just like you said earlier, like the new wave of it now. So it's like giving a new piece of you and your knowledge and you're like, you know, you're, you know, know of everything from the streets to hip hop and everything and giving your spin on it. So I'm excited. I think that, I mean, I want to watch one of them. I got a little tidbit of it, but I didn't watch the whole entire clip. Mm-hmm. But welcome to the podcast world. Yes, indeed. It's, it's been fun and enjoyable. So so tell us about your album, Revolution in Progress. Uh, I'm working on that. That's my next album I'm about to drop in. Uh, trying to get it ready for May. Um, seeing what's been going on with a lot of uh, unrest in the streets and what's been going on with politics and you know, Black Lives Matter and just trying to get along as humans and whatever and coming from the streets and coming from Compton, born and raised and going through the process of gangs and selling dope and transitioning to an artist and a, and a father and that type of shit. Um, this record is to reflect uh, what we're trying to stand for as far as in the streets, not as a whole, as just uh, uh, gangsters or whatever, but as a people, what we've been fighting for and what we're trying to come through and what we're trying to establish. And so coming from the gang side, uh, from uh, being from the Crip and Blood side and being in the streets and, and having a lot of civil unrest between each other in the neighborhoods, I felt that this record would uh, be a positive note and to try to come in together on what we're trying to accomplish right now. For sure. I mean, I'm, you know, everything going on in the world, it's like it should be more, you know, unity and, you know, everything, you know, definitely just so much bad stuff in the world that it's like, why? Not that it's small stuff, but it's like, why? You know, at the end of the day, life's too short. Yeah. And people have to understand that, uh, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. So, you know, trying to get along and, uh, you know, and establish that trying to be together in a whole as people uh, will probably make shit a lot easier you know what I'm saying, then nice. to go through the conflict that we've been going through. You know what I'm saying? To have no beefs and to have no motherfucking bullshit going your life is kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. It's peaceful. Yes, indeed. It's good. So how does your writing process from the 90s until now, you know, with your new project coming up you're working on, how has it changed? Is it similar? Do you, you know, you change with what's going on? I try to adapt to the times. You know, music is different today. You know what I'm saying? Uh People who have come from my era of hip hop, uh, we differ in uh, the musical direction that uh, tends to go on from the day. You know, we got a lot of you know shit that goes on with artists. You know, glorifying uh, you know the drug use, the you know popping pills and whatever to each his own. I'm not one to criticize artists on how they come up or how they establish themselves or what they went through as a struggle as an artist. You know, to make it, but. Uh, we uh, 
my writing process is just trying to deal with what I see as an everyday struggle in hip hop. You know, um, everybody's not millionaires. Everybody's not a, as fortunate to be in a position that we are as artists and as uh, entertainers, so to speak. So uh, my writing process deals with everyday life, people on a everyday struggle, you know, people who are still out there who are trying to make it, you know, life is not a party, so to speak. Uh, not that I don't like to party and shit, but there are people out there who are still in the struggle, and then I, I tend to think music uh, kind of strays away from the realism of life. Everything is glorified on uh, money and look what kind of car I got and look where I live, look where I can vacation, and it kind of, you know, separates yourself from normal motherfuckers because the average person out there spending that $10 on downloading your music they ain't driving a Lamborghini or a Rolls Royce. They struggling. They working a nine to five. So I try to keep my writing in that process. That's awesome. How do you feel that it's changed like from um, hip hop today now? Oh, uh, well, today. <clears throat> today, music is basically um, it's wide open. Uh, the time of music where I came from, you had to prove yourself in a different sense, you know, Labels really didn't give artists that easy chance to get signed or to, uh, you know, get yourself noticed. Nowadays, everybody has a studio. Everybody has a YouTube channel or whatever. So the music differs in today to where people have a lot of different expressions, you know, so to speak. Uh, we couldn't say a lot of shit. We got banned. We got uh, not played on the radio. But uh, nowadays, you know, with music being so open and being so forthright with you can do what you want to do and it's accessible to everybody with downloading and streaming it differs from the content you know you know a lot of content we couldn't we couldn't deal with back in my days but now that it's so open and you have all these sites and all this ability to get your music out there as a solo independent artist it differs from the content from the music, from what's talked about, from what's expressed in music. So, you know, it, it, it's different from the 90s to what's going on today. Do you think as a father, it does make you as grown uh, more into an artist? As a father, I kind of see uh, the transition of what my parents went through when I was getting into the world of music. You know, they didn't believe or they didn't understand you know, so the music that my 16-year-old listened to, I kind of <laughs> I kind of don't understand it, mm -hmm. but I get it because it's, a, like I said, it's a freedom of expression. The youth uh, live a little differently than we did back in our We're days. We're freer. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. So, shit. They have a lot of access to a lot of shit that we couldn't, but uh, it differs from that. You see a lot of youth in music today. You see a lot of uh, freedom of expression, so to speak. So, I mean, to each his own. I just kind of watch the content. I don't tell him he can't listen to shit, you know, because I was a kid at 18 who wrote about what I needed to write about, about what I saw in the streets, what I did. So I don't ban him from particular music. If he's listening to I'm a fuck your girl or, you know, give me some pussy or I shoot a nigga with the Drake or let's pop a gang of pills. 
I don't go, all right, you can't listen to that shit, you know, because you're going to listen to it anyway. Like censorship anyways is going to make you want to do it even 10 times more. I just hope that uh, the way I've raised him, he sees uh, the the difference in judgment and knowing that it's entertainment and this niggas making record than going through some real shit. So I'll let him do what he, I'll let him do him. I Fuck like it. that. But do you think that it's changed you as who you are as an artist? Like, has it grown any sense of like in the way that you portray your music? No. It hasn't changed me as an artist because I saw a lot of what they're seeing today. You know, I went through a lot of what they're going through as young artists. So it just changes me in a perception that I'm acceptable to a lot of shit that I hear. And I understand it, even though I might not like it or you might not catch it playing in my house or in my car. You, you might catch my son playing. Respect it. it. But I respect artists for being an artist and the freedom that we have as artists. So fuck it. If that's what you want to rap about, that's you. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect you or I ain't going to tell a motherfucker not to listen to it. If my son listening to it, I ain't going to tell him to go turn this shit off. You know, do what you do. You're just going to walk out the room. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember your first demo? Oh, man. My first demo. Um, was a song that I wrote called Kicking Dust. Um, I was a youngster just trying to get on, um, trying to follow in the footsteps of motherfuckers like... Um, I was a big EPMD fan living in Compton. I grew up on a lot of New York rap. So uh, listening to Easy e and shit like that, uh, my first demo was basically talking about the neighborhood I grew up in what I saw every day, uh, what we did as far as selling drugs and getting into it with the enemies across the neighborhoods and different shit like that. So my first demo was an expression of who I wanted to be as far as an artist was. And I wanted to uh, let people know about my hometown of Compton and what we went through on the daily. So, yeah, I still remember my first demo. Nostalgia, then your finest. Yeah. (laughs) Do you, how do you feel about hip-hop being the number one genre of music right now? Um, I feel proud to be a part of hip-hop, you know. It was something that started a long time ago, even before I got started, you know. I grew up listening to dudes like um, Treacherous 3 and, you know, the whole UTFO saga with Roxanne, Shantae, and all of them. And then I grew up listening to Coogee Rap and Gangstar and... and um, the whole genre of rap, you know what I'm saying? So to see where it's come from, from back then till now, and to see that it's still going and that, you know, you see hip-hop in everything now, you know, commercials to, you know, selling insurance to... GTA games. Everything, you know, which I was a part of. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's in everything. Uh, Shout out to Rockstar Games for Grand Theft Auto. Do you Uh, get royalties on that? uh, Yeah. I got As a couple of songs. I got a sure. couple of songs in Grand Theft Auto, and I also played a character in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. Um, I, I did the voiceovers for the whole series and the character of Grand Theft Auto. Never played the game. I never got into it, but it, it's, it's, it's real popular. It's just cool to be a part of the game. It's yeah. real popular. <laughs> it, it's real big out here. You know what I'm saying? I never participated, but again uh hip-hop has come a long way it's accepted in a lot of shit we do nowadays so just to be a part of that in the beginning and to come from that foundation you know you got to feel proud to see where it started from to where it's come through and to see the roller coaster ride that it's taken and uh 
from motherfuckers wanting to ban us and from the whole presidential Dolores Tucker and running over our CDs and all that type of shit and banning us and you couldn't get played here to now it's accepted everywhere and motherfuckers is performing at Super Bowl parties and you know, presidential inaugurations and shit like that. So, you know, hip hop has come a long way. For sure. What is your, maintains your driving force to continue to make music now? Mm, Because I've always loved hip hop. You know, if you were in this shit for the fame and the glory, then you probably couldn't withstand what goes on in hip hop because it's a struggle. Nowadays, it's easy to become an overnight success. But uh, when I started, it was hard to even get noticed and to think that you would get signed to a major label like a Sony, like I did, or a Universal or a Capital or whatever. You know, it was a dream. It was a fantasy. Like Biggie said, it was all a dream. You know, I used to see other rapper artists in the magazines with their gold chains on. So... You know, it, it 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 was it's a great experience to have to go through. You feel me? So nineteen ninety four, October fifteenth, you and Bigger headlining a show. Tell us about that night. Um Big was a cool, you know, I got to know Big doing shows um over the course of of touring. And being back and forth in New York and stuff like that. So he was a dude that I respected. You know what I'm saying? Um, we performed together. He would call me up on stage. Um, it was like I said, that night he called me up on stage and I was able to just stand there and watch him get out and his in his aura. So I I was a, you know, like I tell people, um, not to just be in this business, but you got to be a fan at first. So that was my thing. I was fans of all the artists. So that's what made me uh, gravitate to motherfuckers. Like you respect it more, I feel like, too. Because it's like you see, you know what it is, and like those are like become your people, and like you're in it, and you see how like that feeling of like just, you know, it's just like a euphoric feeling. Definitely. You feel like you know, the crowd, the response, the like knowing the songs, like doing all that stuff. Exactly. You know, it's just like it's a vibe. That I feel like that music, it just speaks to everybody. It's crazy. But it's cool that you can be notified that to being a fan of it to become something to be a great artist. Right. Because you got to respect your craft. Oh, oh, definitely. You have to. And if other artists are just as, cra- are just as gifted and, and put just as much as hard work into it as you, then you respect that and you're able to appreciate it a little more. You know what I'm saying? So what is one of the craziest things you've seen on the tour bus back in the 90s? Oh, man. I'm sure you have stories. Private I, Talk wants to hear some stories you've never told before. I usually, <laughs> I usually on my tour buses was usually business. Um, but but I'm I, sure you I've seen some, some crazy, I've seen some crazy uh, motherfucking sexcapades. I've seen some crazy fights. What's a crazy sexcapade? Like an orgy? Like just like what? I've seen spin the I've seen spin the bottle of motherfucking get downs on on the tour you just, bus. You just spin the bottle and you just gotta fuck somebody, or you just do one position only. 
They it's, probably do multiple positions. Like two pump, yeah. jump, and then you're done. Spin again. Next yeah. position. Yeah, so Who's go, next? Go to the, we, we had fun. Well, I've mean, never shit, heard of this youngsters. game. I've been we poor. Was youngster. You never heard of spin the bottle? I mean, spin the bottle, but not for sex positions. And then like you just switch partners, and you're just fucking everybody? Well, shit, that could be a fun. You might have to try that. Truth with Texas. You see where you're going in the after dark <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, the best advice I've ever gotten is to stay humble. Um, stay humble. Um, always be yourself. Um, you can't please everyone. You get me? Especially coming from where we come from as entertainers. You know, everybody's going to have a problem with you, you know. So I've just learned to stay humble and appreciate where you are and what you have. Not to be too big-headed and just stay grounded. That's the best advice I've ever gotten. I love that. That's very similar to mine. Mine was stay humble as well because it's like to each his own. You know, what works for you doesn't work for me. But as long as, you know, you're comfortable with yourself every day of the night. If you're comfortable, you're who good. gives a fuck, right? Exactly. You we live one life. I want to live it right. Why not? Fuck it, shit. What does the word legend mean to you? <sighs> legend is somebody who has withstood the test of time, ups and downs, who's always stayed grounded, who's always supported, um, who has always been in the struggle to maintain uh, his um, authenticity and uh, someone who fights for the cause. You know, that's somebody who's legend to me. Uh, it's not about uh, value. It's not about wealth. Uh, it's not about stature. It's just someone who believes in their craft or someone who puts in that work and who never strays from that, who looks out for other motherfuckers who are trying to come up from behind them and give them the motherfucking tools and knowledge of how they can withstand the test of time, you know, and somebody who's respected by all people, you know what I'm saying? Got no beefs, got no enemies, and try to just, like I said, stay humble and accept what comes. To me, that's a legend. I felt that. Legends. Gee. I like that. Legends. So tell us, about, do you have any new movie roles coming out? Are you going to going back to go and doing movies? <sighs> what do you have about that? I haven't uh, thought about doing any movies. I mean, a lot of people been hitting me up lately about movie roles and am I going to do any movies? But right now I'm just concentrating on uh, doing the podcast. You know, the podcast is something new for me. Uh, I'm starting to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you get comfortable you're able to uh, give people a little bit more of yourself than what they usually can't get from just watching videos or listening to records. You know, they get to see that you're a normal human being and that you go through shit just like they go through on a daily. You know, I wake up and get out of fucking bed one leg at a time, you know, turn the TV on, watch some news, drink a cup of coffee, smoke a blunt, and... People might think Amen. You know, people, people <laughs> might think it's some 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 magic fairy dust or some shit that get happens when you wake up as a celebrity or an entertainer. But no, I wake up just like a, a normal motherfucker. Go take me a piss, come back out, sit up, hair nappy, whatever, bad breath, whatever. I'm just sitting there, you know. So nor, normal shit is me, and that's what I like to be. I like that. That's real. What current artists are you listening to right now? That you can't stop listening to. Man. Is it current or just period? Current. 
<laughs> I'll give you some time. <laughs> what current artist am I listening to? I like that in the background. Um, <laughs> Got the sound effects here. Sound effects here. New artist that I'm currently. Oh, oh, oh! Let me stop. I listen to Nipsey on a daily. I listen to Kendrick on a daily. Um, other than that, I'm 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 old school. I listen to a lot of old school shit. Um, not just rap. I listen to a lot of old school pop music. I listen to a lot of old school soul music. I'm an old school head, so I try to stay in my era. Not that, you know, new music isn't good, you know. Whatever is new and is current, I done heard it because, like I said, I got a 16-year-old in yeah. the house. It's just me and You're him. You're hearing it in the background. So... I, I, I tell people every morning, I get my daily concerts. I get my a.m. concert. I get my afternoon concert. What does the a.m. concert start with? A.m. concert usually starts with a little bit of little Uzi Vert or some NBA young boy. Okay. You know, that's about, it starts about 8.30 in the morning. That's 8.30? Jeez. That's, yeah, my, that's, son, that's like- my son gets up about 7.00. Because he, you know, they doing the online schooling. So after his first class, he goes to the bathroom and he has the goddamn speaker you got over there in the corner. Oh, the game day speaker. Yeah, so he has the big one. So he takes it in the bathroom. So boom, there's the AM concert. Lasts for about thirty minutes. So well, what's the PM? Or uh, is there afternoon too? There's an afternoon concert. Private talk. Let's hear. That sprinkle with a little bit of you know maybe some G Perico or some it's some real hood shit, Compton shit. You know local Compton he's artists. Pumped for the day, like right? He, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's might listen to a little Tupac, might listen to a little Nipsey, and then the nighttime concert. We're back to the motherfucker. I, I don't know the artist because he. He has a variety of who he listened to. It might be some singing shit. Then it might go to some, I fucked your bitch last <laughs> night. You, you know. He's all over the place. Oh, he's, my he's son just listening all, all kinds of place. shit. So I'm, I'm, I'm up on the latest. I don't know all the artist names, but guaranteed if you got a motherfucking song out right now, <laughs> my son it. done played it. <laughs> I like that. A.M., P.M., Afternoon, you know? Yes, indeed. All the concerts. I get, hey, shit, they for free, too. Shit. (laughs) Talk about gangbanging in 2021. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I don't know. Gangbanging in 2021? Oh, shit. Um, I want the truth! (laughs) It's still happening. I mean, shit. It's warring going on right now in the city of Compton. Um... Every neighborhood is beefing with everybody right now. They're beefing with each other. Um, we probably have a daily shooting, you know, two, three people getting shot on a daily in Compton. Uh, it hasn't been this hot bedded in Compton for a while. Uh, what sparked it, who knows? You, you never know what sparks the gang shit in, in, in the territories. Uh, it could be the simple as... As as uh, Instagram beefing now, or you know, it could be long withstanding. To me, it's it's a lost cause, and I'm not the one to really downplay the gang shit. Okay, because I came from it, so I understand where the youngsters are coming from when they are associated, 
and they're feeling like, you know, this is all they got because I was one of them kids at one point. You know, especially when you come from a household where, you know, it's fatherless and, you know, moms are struggling as a single parent and you got three and four and five kids and you're living in the middle of the neighborhood and, you know, it's influences. Shit, the money, the status, you know, the bitches. Like you said, everything's being glorified. It's making it So it's hard for the youth to make a choice and especially from from as young as they could remember the lifestyle has been put forth in front of them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's right outside the the, the, the window. So um, I understand it. I don't think it's a way to uh, solve any problems because it just brings forth more death. And in this time right now, like I said, with us and the politics and the Black Lives Matter and shit, it only just shows that um, the problem still exists beyond that. You know, we still been, we've been killing each other in the neighborhoods for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So it just shows that even though uh, the unity of black people can try to come together on certain situations, in the neighborhoods it's still the same. We still have the animosity and the, and the longstanding beefs. Like I said, shit like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Gang banging goes back a long time. So... Uh, this day and age in 2021, it seems senseless, but uh, until you can find a way to uh, uh, reconstruct what the youth see and what is glorified in their eyes from what was taught from before, then you always gonna have a problem with gang banging. I feel that's like product of your environment. Yes, indeed. Tell us about wake your bitch ass up hashtag. Where did that come from? What does it mean? Wake you? your punk ass up came from um, from a song I did. I did a song for the Boys in the Hood soundtrack. Uh, rest in peace, John Singleton. Uh, shout out my boy Ice Cube. Um, I used to just hang around um, the movie set when they were filming Boys in the Hood. Uh, shout out my boy JD. Um, I used to hang with him a lot. They took me to the movie set. I met John Singleton. He said he wanted me to do a song for the movie. I was like, yeah, right, motherfucker. You ain't fucking with no nigga like me. You know, even though I had a record out, I was still gangbanging real tough at that time. So, got a call from the label. They said John Singleton called. So, he showed me snippets of the movie. And I went to the studio that night and I wrote a song called Growing Up in the Hood. And the beginning of the of the song, I said, wake your punk ass up. Because it was a metaphor that people needed to be woke to what was going on in the streets of Compton at the time. And in just LA period, or with gangbanging, because gangbanging was worldwide at the time. You know what I'm saying? So let me not just speak on LA, even though it was crafted from there. Uh, gangbanging had reached the depths of Dallas, uh, Houston, Chicago. It was all over. So wake your punk ass up was a hashtag for people to wake up, to be woke to what's going on. Well, I like that. Are you ready to play Truth with Texas? For sure, let's play. I've warmed you up enough. Yeah, I'm warm. Let's we're, go. You know, we're, we're friends I'm now. A warm. Yeah, we're getting yes, all these indeed. things. Let's say <laughs> Truth with Texas is where it's at. Private Talk, I hope you're liking this episode. Make sure you comment below, like, subscribe, and let's see. MC8.
Let's um, that's how we're gonna play. Okay, I'm ready. It's four cards. We're gonna go through all of them. Mm. We're going each ace suited is a different type of question: romantic, kinky, spicy, and naughty. Mm. We're gonna get truthful with Miss Texas. Okay. Don't get nervous. I felt that I felt the nervous like you just blew maybe it just out. a little you bit. You just blew it out. You just maybe smoked, just a little bit. A little <laughs> <laughs> maybe just a little bit. I won't hurt you too much. Okay. I'll go gentle. I like gentle. <laughs> we'll ease your way into it. See all yeah. these puns I'm doing for you. Okay, let's do it. All right. Let's go. First card. Ace. Of? Uh, spades. So it's a naughty question. Mm. Which they're all going to be a little naughty. Okay. A little naughty. Let's see. I'm trying to not scare you away since this is your first question. Just okay. <laughs> what type of porn turns you on? What type of porn? Hmm. That's a good question. You need that back again? I know you like oh, that sound. Mm. What type of porn? What's your Pornhub search? What's your, like, do you have OnlyFans subscriptions? No, you, like, I don't have an OnlyFans subscription. Do you have an OnlyFans? I mean, everyone's no, doing it these I days. Don't, I don't have an OnlyFans. I don't have an OnlyFans You're not subscribed to mine? I'm sad. No, I just, I just. Uh, you just I, watch it for free? I just <laughs> do, I just dove into your, you know. When, your, in your research? And yeah. Coming on to private talk, you're yeah. like, let me go to Google mm. search. And then Google search came up with the whole plethora of. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a little fascinated. I'm like, okay, the big booty hypnotized you, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, man, okay. I said, okay, Alexis, Texas, okay. What type of porn turns me on? Um, I'm not into the 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 the, the, the tie up fetishes shit. So no bondage, midget no, porn, no, threesomes, no, no, no. lesbians. I could do some le- some some threesomes. Okay. You know, two girls and a, and a guy. I'm uh, guessing you don't really. Or okay, I feel like you're a type of person that you're not gonna put in the search like bar. What you're gonna look, you're just gonna whatever's popped up. Or yeah, whatever I'm you can I'm see. a I'm a I'm a whatever pops up, and I'm interested. You're like in whatever time is money. Up. I gotta get this fucking come out of me. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's, let's go. do it quick, fast, busy, quick, busy. fast. <laughs> so so like, yeah, I I can do some threesome. I'm. Conservative. Two guys and a girl, or only two girls and a no, guy. No, two girls. I don't want to see. So two you want guys. like stuff that's like really like that would be real life for you. In essence, I mean, mm-hmm. have you ever had a threesome? Of course. But of course, Miss Texas just has to know. We're just of getting course. to know each other. Have you had um, this game that you made <laughs> that you came up with? Your uh, Have you played that on your tour bus? No. 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 no, no spin the bottle sex positions. No, I mean, I kind of got like, you know, a lot of women were kind of afraid. I didn't get a lot of action like that. I guess because people thought I were too hard in my image or my no art and my shit. Yeah, so I didn't get so a lot of. Pussy was scared. Yeah. So how did you get it? Did you have to be like dominant and super alpha? Well, you're already alpha, so it's like how I do you? I didn't think I was dominant. I just think I found somebody who but wanted not, to be, yeah. you know, not dominant, but like you have to be persistent or like show that you're interested in the pussy. You know you or if you're in the corner and you're just like mad dogging everybody and be like, "Fuck, I ain't gonna go over there with him." I'm scared. I'm, I'm or type, if you're I'm like a, looking at me like, oh, "I'm gonna look at okay, your motherfucking I see ass." Your ass. 
I'm going to look at your motherfucking ass, and I'm usually not going to say nothing. I'm just going to look at you, and then when we catch the eye contact, I'm going to look and you're at like, you. like, bitch, get over and here. And then I'm going to know right then and there. <laughs> but and you say you it with the eyes. You don't exactly. say it. Exactly. You're like, it's all like. Eyes going to tell you everything right then that's, and there. That's the second time that's been said today. I mean, don't you know, like, when you see a guy, you already know if you're going to give him some pussy or not, right? Uh, not necessarily. No. Like, off, like, there's a couple, like, check boxes that need to go off before <laughs> that. But, like, first it's, like, overall, all right, he looks good. Or, ooh, he's looking at me. Or he wants nothing to do with me. You got to, like, check all these things. Because some people could be like, oh, he looked at my friend. He's looking at, like, or he'd be like, you know, some people, I'm not everybody's flavor. It's just, you know. No. I mean, I... Maybe, oh, come on now. I mean I'd like to think so yeah, of course but, come on but you know it's true you have like especially when you're out with girlfriends there's like there's like four or five different choices you know what I mean so you're not for everybody so you got to make sure you're interested I've had a whole thing one time where I was at a club and this was like way like 19 this is like way pre-k like, yeah, okay <laughs> this yeah. is 19 I'm 35 <laughs> now so let me get in myself but um and a girl and this guy was, was doing the same thing looking at me kind of thing and like my girlfriend was like oh like he can, we started talking and she was like he was looking at me I was like well I don't think so he was like talking to me so so you know the eye contact is a big thing right we kind of our friendship was never the same because I took her dude that was oh that, shit <laughs> No, shit happens. Oh, man. Oh, man. Shucks. Craziest place you've ever had sex? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. We're going there. It's been a lot of crazy places. Let's name know. three. Um, you have to be a pilot part of the Mile High Club? No. Mm, I am. See, I got one on you. Ah, uh, no. Never, never there. Uh, I could say outside, publicly, in a public park. Like, nobody's there. There's people there. I mean, it's daytime. Was it a concert? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's people walking around. Walking so it was like, the, yeah, okay, I get it. Okay. Um, Balcony thing? sex. Yeah, is that crazy, though? I mean, but you're outside. I shot a porn right outside there. I mean... <laughs> oh okay but see you're high up but that's shit. crazy but i also didn't have neighbors at the time they never came outside uh, i've been here for a long time okay i could say balcony sex in the daytime when i like doing shit in the daytime when i think people can see so you're definitely a lights on type of person oh yeah i like to see I do you see. like your woman to dress up for you like lingerie booty shorts thong or do you not care you just like get naked I like a little intriguing. You like the transitional. She like, can put on some G-strings and shit and a little shirt or whatever. Or if she feel like putting on an outfit, I go. I can go for that. Do you watch porn with your significant other? No. No. Do you watch porn solo? If I do, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next card. See, it's not that bad. No, it's not. It's fun. Let's go here. <laughs> I got the Ace of Hearts. Ace of Hearts is romantic. Oh, Would shit. you consider yourself a romantic with that comment? I don't think no, so. No, I'm not, I'm not a romantic. Okay, since you're not a romantic, what's the most romantic thing you've ever done? <laughs> Mind you, I'll tell you, somebody told me they cash up somebody once, and that was the most romantic <laughs> thing. So you, it's whatever romance is to you, that's what's for you. I didn't really that see the romance in that got to be a new motherfucker or something. That's the new niggas and shit. They like niggas. I'm like, how much does it take most, to be? The most romantic shit I did, shit, nigga. I sent my bitch a cash app, nigga, with a heart at the end of the cash app symbol. Big facts. Big facts. <laughs> that motherfucker. 
That motherfucker sent the cash app with the heart symbol and did with the emoji smiling like, yeah, bitch, I got you. <laughs> That's romance to some people. You know, I mean, your son may be on that romance path. He may be got champagne girls. I've, 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 I've taken, I've been overseas. I've taken a trip overseas with a female. But was um, it for work or you did it specifically for her? Oh, no, no, no. It was for fucking work. I'll keep it Then real. that's not romance. I, I, put, <laughs> I put that motherfucker, the promoter, I said, I need an extra <laughs> ticket for my bitch and shit. <laughs> so, fuck. I included her on the tour, so shit. I mean, romance, so romantic. Oh fuck, I'm not romantic. Did you do an extra? You know, did you do an excursion outside of your work trip for her on that trip? My my girl, if it was the sense would go, romance to her would be me uh, saying good morning and and bringing her a cup of coffee and and opening the door for her when she got in the car. Like shit that motherfuckers really don't do nowadays, you know. Old school gentlemen. I like open this, the yeah. I open the door for the for my girl or maybe, you know, or just to say thank you when she does something, you know. Simple shit like that is romantic to her. So what is your current relationship status? My current relationship status is curious. You want me to do this one for you again? <laughs> no, my my relationship status Are you in entanglement? Is, no, 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 no. I don't do entanglements. Uh, from going through a lot of bullshit over your years, you've learned that when you get with somebody and that they are, you know, really good to you, you learn to be straight and narrow. So that's what my uh, situation is. I'm on the straight and narrow. The straight and arrow. Yeah. Nice. Does that come with rules? Does that come with you just do whatever you want? Or the straight and arrow means that it's like a path for like things that you guys have done together. There's a lot of like gray space. You work, you in there, work on you I guess you work on trying to establish the together. You working on trying to solidify the forever. Like building like a relationship. So from like being friends to being lovers to being more. Yeah, because I, I would say that uh, you'd have to be good friends. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where it starts at. Or do you have a candidate for this, your situation? Do I have a candidate? Yeah, oh. is there someone in this process of your relationship uh, journey? Sure. Several? No, One. no, no, no. No player. Several, se no, no. <laughs> Nobody got time for that. Fuck that shit, <laughs> man. I get it, man. It's all fun and games and shit, but that shit, man, it's, it, that shit is tiring, man. It is. If you found somebody, then I figure, fuck it, go with that. The playing shit, all that shit is fun and dandy and, you know, and the sex capades could be all fun and, and shit, but at the end of the day, man, it's tiring. It's tiring trying to flip two and three. and It's a know, lot of work. It's, it's, it's just too much. It's too demanding. You know, it never works out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> never works it out. It don't. It just don't work out, man. Having two and three, unless you done established yourself as saying, I'm single. I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. So I'm letting you know, and you, I'm single. Nah, I did that shit, too. <laughs> 
I'd be fucking. You, you like touch away like if you touched a I'm, hot stove. I'm, like I'm, I'm not doing it. So you know, I, you, but they all think they're in a relationship with you. Yeah, and that shit is not cool. That shit is fucked up. Expectations. Fuck yeah, it. fuck that shit. That shit is tiring, man. I'm telling you, trying to fuck three and four motherfuckers in this. Time. How many times have you had sex in one day? Oh shit! Depends on what what type of day it was. <laughs> Your best day. Shit, I could lay up and fuck all day. Like, is that three times you're coming, but you're like, are fucking through the time? Like, how many times are you actually like coming? Five, six? I try to make sure if it's gonna happen like that, you're gonna at least be coming at least every time. Not you me, fuck. you. Every time you fuck. You so if you're fucking all day, you're gonna be fucking, you're coming all day. What's yeah. the most? What's your count? Three, four, five? In a day? In a day. Probably could come about six, seven times. You've came six to seven times in a day. Yeah, if you spread it out the whole day. Yeah. That's a lot of coming, sir. Why? I mean, but that's <laughs> what you're going to do, right? I mean, yeah, but I don't think I've ever... I I mean, I in my mind, come I want to have... I can come like... Every fucking. I mean, I'm 10 a kind minutes, of champ. Right? Like, yeah, I'm a see? champ. I'm, I'm. That's why I'm asking questions about the males because some males can go where it's like they can come and then they can be immediately ready to go again. That doesn't mean they're going to come again because it, every time you come, it takes a little bit, obviously, longer exactly. to come. But it's like that's why it's like. But it's more of a an outwardly challenge for you than it is myself. I can it come is. in five times by the time you come one time. Exactly. But myself, too, is like I know myself, so it's like the more I allow myself to come, even though I'm liking it, then the less times, amount of times, we're going to fuck. Makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> you're thinking about it now like it's a visual because you did your research and you're like, man, I okay, I remember that one movie. What did you look up? My <laughs> I, was just, I, just, um, I just looked up You had up a flashback. Yeah, I looked up some shit. Mm. What's your favorite position? Um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a all I'm a all position type of nigga. I don't have. But there's a not one that's mm -mm. your favorite, like the finisher move. Like if you were a wrestler, your finishing sex move would be. I would call them all. All you my can't finishers. like the one that you're got to climax the most, and you're gonna come. Is you can it do it all ways, though, can't you? You don't come. There's guys that they just come that way all the time. You be fucking once the person that's like the when they want to come. You know exactly what position they're gonna fuck me, you in. I like I like it all. You're I, different every me, time. Yeah, I, I today I could come doggy style. Not to, saying you can't come in them, but tomorrow like, I can come <laughs> while you standing up. We fucking uh, t the next day I could come while you laying missionary. Have you ever done pile driver? No, I've never heard of that. What's the power driver? <laughs> Your eyes got real curious. You're like, hmm, I don't think I've seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to have to go look up there. Let me see if it, she's did it's the It's like the worst position ever. I don't think it's really practical. Some people like it. I don't really like it. But, like, yeah, like, I'd have to be, like, my head, like, off the couch with my pussies up in the air. And then you're, like, fucking the person. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen that. Like, it's more like a, you, like you, a dog you, and pony show. You like that? No, I hate it. It's I my worst one. I would think you're kind of uncomfortable with your head the worst, down there. But some girls like be... it because of the angle, but not mine. Why? Uh, I don't like how you talk about mine in the third person. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see why that would be comfortable. 
That, I don't know. That, that's that I've seen that position done a few times uh, on pornos, and I would think like, damn, isn't that like hurting your neck and shit? Yeah, that doesn't come, feel comfortable. But mostly, yeah. like most porno sex is like it's not comfortable. You're just fucking. Question. Answer. Porno. When you're doing pornos, not whatever. Is the reactions real sometimes, or are they all fake? Every girl's different. Me, myself, and I is the only one that I can speak for. And for me, I would say about 80% of the time, it's real. Because for me, I was like, if I'm going to do porn, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it because I enjoy it. Not because I'm forced to do it, I'm not coming. So if I'm going to fuck, I'm going to come. What's the point of coming? I mean, what's the point of fucking without coming? There's no satisfaction. So... I can only speak for myself, but there are girls that I've worked worked with or other people that you can clearly see it's faking and it's really not attractive, but yeah, you you can tell. I I just was curious about that. Like, are those moans and hollers real sometime or I mean, it's the same thing as you fucking regular bitches in your or in your personal life. Like sometimes their moans aren't always real, but you don't ever know. So, but no, for me personally, the only one I can speak for. And I'd say, like, about 80% of the time while I was working, I was going, I was doing it to fuck. Now, the length, uh, again, is, like, now you know stamina because it's, like, you're a sexual athlete. Like, if you're fucking for a porn scene, it's, like, 45 minutes to an hour. Y'all not doing any cuts or anything? It depends on who you're working for. It depends on if you have good chemistry. It depends on if your partner shows up and his dick's going to work today. It just depends on a lot of variables. Like Mm. that breakdown for you? Spitting porno game for you. Yeah, You're that, welcome. That's, that's interesting. Private talk. I hope that you're liking this episode. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We've got two more cards. Are you okay, ready? Okay, let's go. Ah, Ace of Diamond. Diamonds. It's a spicy question, but we're all a little spicy. Okay. Has anyone ever used food during intimacy with you? No. Are you like, oh, that's off the table? No. I've. Um, not let me call them simple because I don't want to say that women are simple. I've been with some normal women, not too out of the box. Like you're only doing missionary. That's it. No, <laughs> no, because that determines me. Um, if you just do a missionary, I would think your sex life is kind of boring. Some people do it. I'm not saying That's it's kind me. of boring. I, I mean, I get I mean. it. I mean, fucking. Some girls don't even my, fuck their dudes anymore after they get you know all these. Well, I don't know. I hear about it, but yeah, yeah. you hear about it. Let's <laughs> let's let's, let's change that real quick. I hear about things, mm-hmm. but not even that. Like even like I've had multiple friends come up to me like as soon as they like get into the like lockdown part of a relationship, mm-hmm. they withhold the pussy. Why? I'm not saying I do it. I don't. I don't even condone it. I'm <laughs> saying this is what I hear. Allegedly, this is happening. <laughs> so it's either something that you men are doing to them that they just don't want to fuck, or you know, I don't think it's their fault. <laughs> no, maybe sometimes I think dudes when they get into the break it down for me. I think dudes, when they get into that part of the relationship, now it all depends on what your sex life was when you first start fucking with a motherfucker. That's how I look at it. That's true, too. Um, If y'all first started fucking, like, just, I I quote it like this. If y'all started fucking like it was a porno, 
And over the transition of years or your relationship and now it's kids, he's not going to want to fuck you like porno anymore. Why? Because ah, he's looking at you differently. But why? What if she puts it on you like porno? Ah, he don't want you to put the. He got the. <laughs> why kid. you keep closing your legs? Like no, not happening. It's like not. Man, you was just walking down the grocery aisle with my daughter. I can't see you coming home doing the gagging on the dick and no, slobbering. Oh my god! Not not. Some dudes ain't gonna like it. It's just. It's gonna be a turn off. That's, that's why I, I, I'm not now not say that I, but that's why maybe some dudes go out and get that side because Let's they look the at you. I, this is my theory. Some dudes and I've talked to a lot of dudes, my dudes. It's like I meet you. We meet you hot, man. She got ass, woom, man, whatever. You're going to start giving me the pussy. You're going to give it to me like. We just met in the dark alley somewhere. <laughs> it's dirty. Okay, it's nasty. It's, you get me? We doing all that buck wild crazy shit. As we go into a more serious relationship where now, you know, dinner parties with the family and now the children and now you. Now meet, she can't be a freak. Now you meet. Not saying yeah, you're still a freak, but. But you can't, you have to hold back your freakness because. <laughs> oh, no, man. You go to church with moms on Sunday and the two kids. You don't think and moms is a freak, too? You're I'm out of saying, your mind. You, you, go, you, <laughs> you, you walking home, y'all going to church on Sunday as a family. It's you, the girl, the kids, and whatever. And then We're she come G-O-D home and she, then she come home and want to gobble on your dick and slobber all on your What's dick. What's wrong with you that? Looking, Sounds like a great Sunday. It probably, Sunday fun day. You looking at her in a different light. I'm looking at her like Ozzy and Harriet now. I'm not looking at her like motherfucking I could see that if she's not trying to do things to be sexy. But if she's putting herself out there and giving you the same stuff that she was doing while you first were fucking... I think that's wrong. So as soon as you have a baby and she goes to church with mom, then you're like, nope, sorry. You're not a porn star anymore. No. Nope. You get boring sex. Yep. That's the worst. Yep. That's a bad thing. That's bad, what happens. Bad. No. That's what happens. That needs to be like rewritten in history. That should never happen. Private talk. If y'all yeah, are out G, there fucking doing the that shit, y'all should fucking correct get, yourself. The G strings get put up in the drawer and here come the boy shorts and shit and motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> There's a time and place for boy shorts, G-strings, you know, all those I things. want G-strings every day. Fuck that. I want to, don't come differently. Then you me. should have boundaries and say that you should do that. So that's yeah, why so. you're in your, um, your, your journey of getting to where yeah, you're, you're so <laughs> I see it now. I see it. I see it. All right. Last card. Ace of clubs. Ace of clubs is kinky. Mm. We're all kinky. Yeah. Do you have any fetishes? No, I'm not a. I like this. You don't have a foot fetish, no, no. a big booty fetish. Oh, I like lingerie, lingerie, but do you like tits too, or do you just like ass? Skinny girls, big girls. No, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a thick liker. I don't like. You like some meat on her bones. Yes, yeah. you don't want to break her. No. No, just break. Her off. I like something to grab onto, something to slap, something that other niggas will look at and be like, God damn. I Have like that. Have you ever used a sex toy during sex? Yeah. What is it? 
I mean, she used a sex toy. Well, yeah, but you had to. You didn't use it on her. No, I watched. What was she using? A bullet? A dild? I mean, a rabbit? Was she fucking herself inside, or she was just playing with her pussy? She was just playing with her pussy. So no toys were involved. Yeah, she was playing with her little electric thing, and I was watching and enjoying. Yeah, I like that. I was watching. I was. I was a watcher. I'm a watcher. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever? Would you ever be cuckold? What's that? You watch your partner getting fucked by somebody else. No. Not in Well, does she have to be your partner? Well, your life journey mate. What, what, no, what do we call no, this? No, what do we no. call this I've, situation? I've seen situations where I've seen broads getting fucked by niggas that I knew or whatever, but they were no. But you didn't switch. No, they were no motherfucking. You didn't no, just we didn't watch. switch. Or no, you not. Nah, I didn't know. Wait, I switched. That was me being perverted. No, we had cuckold. means just watching the other person getting fucked. But nah. it wasn't your partner. You saw somebody else's girl exactly. getting smashed. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? Let's see. Oh, how can I put this? Lost it. It was a good one though. <laughs> All right. But so okay. Wait. You've never wore a cock ring. No. No, no toys for you. What's the craziest sexual experience? Craziest. I mean, from seeing porn shit, man, shit gets pretty crazy. I would say I'm I've been But something that you've done, not porn. I haven't had the experience of doing too much crazy. What is something completely off limits in the bedroom? I think if you're a, a real solid man, then you don't do no anal shit. So no licking, no touching, no, nothing? Uh-uh. Not happening? No. Mm. To the female, probably, yeah, but not to the male. No. Have you ever had a foot job? No, what's a foot job? <laughs> I told you, I'm a... I'm a <laughs> I'm a newcomer when it comes to porn. Newcomer. <laughs> I like that. Um, so a foot job is when somebody gives you a foot job with their feet and they make you come all over their toes or their heels or whatever dirty shit they're into. But there's no penetration of the pussy. It's just. There's some crazy motherfuckers out there, huh? Yeah. I have a foot fetish, but I don't you have. Do? But I'm not like necessarily into foot jobs. It's a lot of work. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would rather just use my skills, but I, exactly. you know what I mean? but, but some people really get off to it. I get it. I like feet, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't get like sexually. Turned. I just like the way you they like look. Pretty feet. I like, yeah, I just like pretty feet. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's fun. That I is, like that's a my, pair of feet that's like, you know, your toes is nice. I feel like if you don't take care of your feet, then you're not taking care of other things. So you should not be messed with. That's the rules mm-hmm. in life. That's what you got to remember. I like that. If you like one, if you remember one thing from this whole show, this is what you're gonna remember. If your toes are busted, you're gonna be like, "Ah, oh, no. <laughs> don't fuck with you." Not if your toes gonna, is busted and no. you got corns, yeah, that's not cute. <laughs> private talk. If that's happening to you, you need to go get a pedicure immediately. I mean, immediately. 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 
Knock on the back door like they bringing you in the back door right now. Get your shit done immediately. You heard him. Thank you so much, MC8, for coming on Private Talk. Please let us know your social medias where we can find your projects, what you have going on. Y'all can find me on uh, Instagram, 8Compton, Facebook, 8Compton, or the Gangster Chronicles podcast. Our show airs every Thursday on iHeart, Black Effect, or Apple Podcasts. Click that purple microphone. You know what to do. Um, working on a new album called Revolution in Progress that'll be out uh, mid May, maybe June. Maybe my birthday, May twenty fifth. Oh, my birthday's May twenty second. Mm, Gemini's. Yeah, we're special. Yes, we are. That's right. Thank you again for coming on. I appreciate your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you so much, Private Talk. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time. Yeah.